Podcast One. Jeremy Fleming has built stages for some of the biggest events and acts to ever come to Australia. Then COVID hit and he was left without a business. But thanks to an extraordinary pivot, business has never been so good. It's a fully staged episode 527 of the 11-year-old, award-winning, small business, big marketing podcast. Yeah, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Tim Reed. And welcome back to your weekly dose of magnificent marketing. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, you, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner and you are well and truly overdue to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire that it absolutely deserves to be. Big episode today. Stage maker to the stars, Jeremy Fleming, shares how a COVID-forced pivot, along with an employee's hobby, has been unbelievably good for business. This week's Monster Prize Draw winner found the confidence to change his business for the better thanks to an idea picked up from a past episode. Plus, I let you in on an upcoming guest who has something shocking to tell all all us business owners. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more on that later. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Hey, Timbo. It's Melissa Bush from Shy Legal in Sydney. I have been such a long-term long-time listener, sorry. I just wanted to leave a message to say thank you very much for what a fantastic job you're doing. I have got a list a mile long. I've always been meaning to send you an email, but usually because I'm out walking the dog or driving in the car listening to you, I haven't yet sent you an email, but I am vowing and promising to myself that as soon as I walk inside, I can see home in the distance now. As soon as I walk inside, I'll be sending you an email. Have a great day. Melissa Bush of Shy Legal. Gosh, I love hearing listeners stick their head above the trench and saying hello. Melissa, thank you for that. I did get your email, a little note about a rebrand that you're going through. Good luck luck on that. I've done a few episodes on rebrands, so dig into the archive. Everyone else, if you would like to call me, I'm not going to answer. It's a recorded message and you leave me a recorded message. Call the Small Business Big Marketing hotline on 0480 150. Stop listening now. Just do it now and ring and say g'day and tell me why you love the show or tell me what I could be doing better. Whatever. 0480 015150. Righto. Let's meet Jeremy Fleming, the founder of Stage Kings, the company responsible for building stages for huge events throughout Australia. We're talking the Commonwealth Games, any big rock concerts that used to come our way, the set for Ninja Warrior, the Edinburgh military tattoo, and the list goes on and on and on. Like this guy is the guru of stage building. Well, until COVID-19 hit, when his business, like so many, literally ground to a halt overnight. But instead of licking his wounds, Jeremy and his wife pivoted immediately into flat pack office furniture. (laughs) 
Seems an obvious pivot, going from stage construction to building flat pack office furniture. Now, under the brand name ISO Kings, business is absolutely booming once again, employing more staff than ever, and he's donated over $50,000 to a charity called Support Act, which helps Aussie musicians who are out of work, and they are all out of work. So if you've got a couple of bucks to spare, head over to the Support Act website and uh, drop it their way. Now, given how well Jeremy's handled COVID-19 in his business, I had to start off by asking him what he'd say to business owners who are stuck or struggling right now. There are options out there. And I think the big thing is to try new things. If you've got an idea, run with that. Think agile is, is a word that keeps coming up. As an events-based company, we we have quite an agile mindset anyway. So I think that, that it really, there's always uh, looking at things positively, and, and just trying trying new things. Agile meaning be open to new ideas, be flexible, don't you know, don't be so stuck in your thinking there's only one way. That's exactly right. As Stage Kings, we build different structures for everything. We could be building Shakespeare's Globe Theatre one day, then a 30-metre tall lion for a dance party the next day, and everything's always different. And so we, we really, uh, and I think the event industry as a whole does think this way, always thinking of different ways to do things, better ways to do things. And and when this has come up, uh, this is the way we had to look at this as well. And there's a point there where some of the, the, the sort of more negative listeners who are a little bit stuck and are struggling and go, well, that's all right for Jeremy. He, he, you know, he just pivoted to a point that was not far from what he was already doing. But again, sort of negative thinking, we need to sort of break free a bit of that. It's like, you know, we're all working from home these days. That's been a massive shift. So keep that momentum up, I guess, behind massive shifts and um, and be open to new ideas. Let's talk about Stage Kings because you actually built a pretty significant business um, pre-COVID, which you ran with your wife for five years. Um, explain what Stage Kings did and how big it got. What kind of jobs were you doing? So my background's in scaffold and, and I worked for a scaffold manufacturer, a German German manufacturer, and we sold a lot of scaffold to events companies. And so I, I got quite involved in the events industry here and in, staging in particular here in Australia. For a long time, everything kind of looked the same to me here. My time in Europe showed me that that these big decorated structures, the, the themed things like uh, Tomorrowlands and your wish festivals and, and big, uh, quite or, ornate structures, was it was a great thing. It, it it brought people to shows for the experience of the show itself, and to come and see what the stage was going to be, not just the person on the stage. And so, I, I thought that that Australia needed something like that as well. There was it was happening in a small way here, but we thought these larger structures was a good option. And so, five years ago, uh, we we took the leap and uh, and started Stage Kings with that in mind, and and very quickly we got quite good traction. Here we were doing jobs for the NRL within our first year, and within two years we'd won the uh, Commonwealth Games opening ceremony. We we built the set for uh, for the whole opening ceremony, and and it went from there. We got quite a good reputation, and and we've we've done a lot of great projects. I, so many questions in what you just said. I mean, not only did you do those jobs, you've done the Ninja Warrior set for the TV series. You've done the replica Edinburgh Castle for the Edinburgh military tattoo that was in Sydney. Um, you, I think, had the Robbie Williams concert tour booked, pre, which got cancelled when COVID came along. I mean, these are significant jobs, for, uh, with all respect, for a tradie who was working on scaffolding, right? right? <laughs> Uh, six years ago. It's correct. You then go and start. How does a small business that's just started out get clients of that 
size and magnitude? We got a very good reputation very quickly. And, and for me, when I started, I, I had a pick list, uh, uh, you know, my A team that I wanted to get on board. So for, uh, and these, these were guys that I'd worked with over, over many years from different areas. And I, I basically went and started plugging away to those guys to see if we could we could get them on board and and we did uh we got Mick Jessup our head of production who's been key to this whole pivot uh he was the the head of Sydney Festival for nine years so a genius guy we got him to come over and we've got the, our team is just second to none and so our reputation as a as a team is is amazing and we we were pulling off these jobs and yeah it's run from there Okay, I'm going to dig deeper on that because that all sounded very, very easy, Jeremy. And if it was that easy, we'd all, we'd all be doing it. You, 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 what was the terminology? You picked away. You So you employed some good people mm. who had some good contacts who could pick up the phone, I'm guessing, to key people in client side that could say yes or no, who controlled the purse strings. Was, was that was that your secret source or was there something else that you did? Because, you know, I know, for example, getting the Commonwealth Games, that's – that's that hard. Yeah. Um, and I imagine, you know, the tender process, I, I mean, I don't even want to imagine. I feel actually sick <laughs> thinking about it. Again, take us a little a, a step below. What did you do to get those clients? With everything, I think it comes down to who you know, who you can pick up the phone and talk to. You know, Mick was our first our first get and and I jumped on the phone to Mick. I've known him for many years and and we went and caught up and I knew the stage that he was in, in, in life and business and and it made sense for him to come over and and we uh, we made that happen from there it's been who we've been able to get on the on fo- on the phone and who we can work with the the tender you're right the tender process for the commonwealth games was enormous we beat a lot of uh, far more experienced international players than us uh, for that but because we had Mick Mick uh, jumped on as project director for that uh, we also were working with a great, a great friend of ours, Sean Ahern, who is a construction manager on all the all the films. So there was no films at the time. He came over to jump on there with us as well. So the the caliber of people we had involved was was second to none. Um, and I really think that that's that's the key to everything is knowing who to call. I, I don't know everything. I, I've, I've you know I'm, I'm new to you know I'm an old scaffolder, but um, but I know who to call when for the with the right things. You would your biggest job be the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony, the stage for that? Look, it, it is. I think that's that is certainly one of the biggest jobs. The other one is the uh, is Shakespeare's Globe Theatre, uh, which we've now built three times around the country: Melbourne, Sydney, and then Perth. That is a, an enormous builder. We build every part of that theatre from the ground up. We walk into an empty car park and and leave with a replica of Shakespeare's Globe Theatre. So, that's that's a massive project for us. But the Commonwealth Games was a six month process. It's huge. What are your emotions like on opening night? Uh, <laughs> I like to sit by myself whenever uh, whenever I'm watching an opening night. It depends on weather and all these things. There's a, there's a, lot, a lot of nerves generally. What are you looking for? Because you're not watching the entertainment, I'm guessing. No, I, I look at the structure. I look at anything that's, that may be moving with wind or <laughs> I'm looking at the, uh, the, the nuts and bolts. Is it too late by then? When you see yeah. a bolt, when you, when you see a bolt fly off, which absolutely, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> no, we'll never, we never see that, and, and we've never had any issue. And our, everything is so engineered that nothing really can go wrong. But by that stage, it is too late, so I probably shouldn't even worry about it. <laughs> how did you go about marketing? Besides, obviously, um, knowing the right people to speak to, having an A team on your side to make those phone calls. Was there any other marketing that you did to build Stage Kings to a significant point within? five years? We, we didn't. We, we've done 
really almost no marketing for Stage Kings. We've set up Facebook page and we set up an Instagram account and that's kind of it. We've posted photos of what we've done. It's all been about about who we've known in our network. And you know, one of my teachers said uh, when I left school, look, you, you can talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles, you'll, you'll be fine. That's kind of what I've run with is, is I can talk to anyone and uh, that's, that's sort of where we start. But really it's Facebook and, and Instagram and we've never done a paid post uh, for Stage Kings on either of them. Uh, so everything's word of mouth. I find that fascinating. Um, if there were, ever was a B2B business, it was Stage Kings. Uh, yet Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, look, it just was what everyone else was doing, so we jumped on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, link, LinkedIn <laughs> to me would have seen the obvious choice, but yeah, yeah. Look, okay. now we're trying. We're trying now to do more LinkedIn with the new, uh, the, the new sort of way we're going. But um, it, it, and we we never had many followers, so it probably wasn't the right thing. But yeah, we had a <laughs> couple of thousand. But mind you. Oh, behind the scenes works on social media generally for any business. Your behind the scenes is literally like the original behind the scenes, going and seeing behind the scenes of the Commonwealth Games stage of the opening ceremony or the Robbie Williams concert stage. I mean, that's exciting stuff. So you actually do have some pretty interesting things that you could post visually. So probably made for Facebook and Instagram. You're right. Visually, it's, and people love the thought of concerts and festivals. It's a really, yeah, it's quite a sexy industry for people. Behind the scenes, it's a pretty, pretty tough slog, but, you know, <laughs> it's what no people want to see. Um, how big did Stage Kings get? You've, you've talked about the clients. Can you talk about, you know, staff, turnover, I don't know, whatever. Just give us a sense of how big you grew it in five years before COVID hit. It was quite amazing. It was literally five years almost to the day when COVID hit. But uh, we events industry expands and contracts as necessary. So we, we have a core team of 12 people, uh, 12 full-time designers, uh, project managers, and and then uh, management. But we expand and contract. When we were doing the Commonwealth Games, we had uh, nearly 70 people working uh, for that project. Throughout last summer, uh, last summer was our busy, busiest summer ever. We had uh, the Globe Theatre going in Perth. We had... Uh, dance parties in Melbourne and concerts in Brisbane and all, all up and down the East Coast as well. And we had a, a, up to 100 people working uh, at, over that period. There's a lot of freelance and a lot of casuals in the event industry. Um, and, and that's part of the reason COVID's hit the industry so hard as well. There's a lot of people fall through the cracks, but we'll get to that. We grew really nicely. For the year one, as any business, I think we lost 150 odd thousand or something. And then, and then it went from there. Commonwealth Games was only in year three. Uh, for us, and and that was quite an amazing year. We we uh, our turnover was up eight hundred percent that year, and then uh, and then it dropped back a bit. And then last year was was uh, on tr- target to be our biggest year yet. Last financial. Did year. you love it? Yeah, I, I love it. It's really hard work. Uh, it's we we know that whenever it's uh, getting close to show day, it's going to be stressful. But we all love it, and and everyone in the industry loves that. They thrive on it. No doubt. Uh, middle of March, twenty twenty. Take your mind back. 13th. The 13th of March. Friday the 13th of March, yeah. We, Mick, Mick, uh, Mick and I were in Melbourne with a few of our crew and we were huddled around a mobile phone watching uh, ScoMo's press conference and we'd, been, we'd built the Ninja Warrior set down there. We, we still had guys working on that and, and like you mentioned, the Robbie Williams and Miley Cyrus World Tour uh, the set was built, ready to go. And so Friday morning, the 13th, was when the uh, Formula One was due to open. And uh, it didn't. Uh, we were sitting around the phone and ScoMo said, "That's we, we're putting a ban on all public gatherings over 500 people. 
and that's 100% of what we do is, uh, is public gatherings with a lot of people. And that was, we thought, the beginning of the end. Uh, immediately there was a, an, a massive feeling of dread. Uh, we jumped straight on a plane and came back to Sydney. We were supposed to be there all weekend and came back. And we that, night, that evening uh, I sat with Tabitha, my wife and business partner, and, and said this, is, this could be it. We, we, are very, we, we will likely lose the house here. Uh, and the business that we thought that was going to go. And then uh, my, you know, my parents live up in Harvey Bay. We thought we were going to have to live with them. We got on the call and said, look, this, this is likely to happen and uh, we may need to bring the whole family up there. Horrible. What did Tabitha say at that point? Is she? Uh, did either of you kind of really, I mean, you both hit a very low point, but is, was one of you sort of stronger than the other and said, no, no, we, we're going to manage our way through this? We We work really well in that, when one of us is down, the other one's up and vice versa. So always if someone's feeling that, that it's all too much, the other one's no, it's, and, and gives us a boost, we'll get through this. That night, it's the first time ever we've both thought that that was it. And uh, it, was, it was really one of the lowest points uh, in, in my business career. Uh, and personally, I, I, we were looking at letting go of every, all of our staff. That uh, so A lot of them had been with us for five years. Uh, it was a terrible, yeah, terrible night. That night was terrible. You very quickly made a decision to pivot. One of the most overused words of 2020, but it's 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 a, it's a reasonable. It describes exactly what you did. You pivoted into flat pack office furniture. I mean, where, where did that idea come from? Was it something that you'd been toying with anyway because you're already tooled up to do that stuff? You, where immediately, Mick and I. Even when we were in Melbourne and, and had seen that, we started to, to look at what everyone else was doing around the world. We were talking to guys throughout Europe, seeing what they were doing. And, and so we, we actually designed up. So Friday the 13th, everything ended. Throughout the next week, we were working on what we could do. We designed up uh, temporary waiting rooms for, for hospitals that we could build in car parks with our truss and our scaffold and uh, the staging. And uh, we went to all of the hospitals around the show, uh, around Sydney. Uh, we went and saw Carmelo, our, our local Sutherland Shire mayor, and spoke to spoke to as many people as we could. We got a lot of input, and and we've got the designs there. They're 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 ready to go. But nothing took off in that week. And we, so, but it was from the Friday to the Friday. We had to look at what we needed to cut back. We we needed to reduce all of our outgoings. We 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 went into survival mode. We we were going to have to let everyone go. Uh, we were going to have to cut back our rent and our outgoings. There's a lot of equipment in a staging company, so we have equipment finance. And uh, and we had all those conversations that week. It, the Friday, uh, the 20th, we we had to let everyone go. And so everyone took their tools. Um, we decided that Mick and I could probably make this, keep this alive uh, for four months was what we'd, what we'd worked out. Uh, we keep, we could keep this alive if everyone else was gone. We reduced all of our outgoings, and we did two days a week. What were you keeping alive? Well, <laughs> just just trying to keep the lights on. You know, we we thought it, it, we we didn't realize it would last that long. At that stage, too, we kind of we thought, okay, surely Vivid's not going to cancel. You know, Vivid's, Vivid will never cancel. Vivid cancelled. We thought the Easter show would never cancel. It hasn't been cancelled in a hundred years. Easter coast Easter show cancelled, and so. We didn't know. We really didn't know. We didn't know how long it was going to last, and 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 what was going to come out of it. So we that's how we, well, that's what we planned. Mick and I would work 
just to tidy up the shed, maybe, you know, maybe tr- clean some truss and, and keep things in, in order. Do you have any insurances, any insurances that you could fall back on? Not for this, not for this, no. We were still kept chatting to people overseas and, and for the Friday we went and had beers and, you know, there were tears in the beers at the pub and uh, as everyone was finishing up for who, who knows how long. Sunday after that Friday I was talking to a, a colleague over in Ireland who, who actually had done some work with us over in Australia here a few years back, uh, Flying Elephant Productions, a company, and I was talking to Steve and, and he said, look, we're looking at making a, making a desk. Why don't you guys look at something similar? And that's what flicked the switch. I got straight on the phone to Mick and I said, mate, we need to make work from home office furniture. Let's, let's work on that. Now, Mick, <laughs> this is a very lucky coincidence. Mick designs furniture as a hobby. He's built all of the furniture in his house and he does an absolutely amazing job of it. And so he got to work that Sunday, uh, came in on Monday morning. We, we met at the workshop and he'd built uh, a 3D model, very small 3D print of a desk and a stand-up desk, both built with no tools, flat-packed, and they look great. And uh, so that Monday, we we went and got a couple of bits of ply and and cut these desks. And <laughs> so this is, this is forty eight hours earlier. We said said goodbye to everyone. That Monday, we built two desks, and um, we we thought they were brilliant. So Monday night, my wife wrote an e commerce site to tack onto our uh, little uh, website, <laughs> and we took photos on Tuesday morning. And we were on sale by 3 p.m. Tuesday afternoon. So within 48 hours of the idea, we were on sale. And within minutes, we'd started selling desks. And uh, 30 desks we sold the first day. What? And it's gone from there. Okay. Yeah. Okay, young uh, Jeremy. There's many <laughs> questions here. 30 desks in the first day. I want to know how you got those orders. But even before that, your wife, Tabitha, builds an e-commerce site that you tack on to stagekings.com.au, which I think is awesome as an you know, easy solution. Um, you've already got that domain and web, website up. Um, is your wife an e-commerce web designer pro- previously? No. <laughs> no, she's a she's a, she's good at looking up YouTube, and so uh, that and that's what we did. We we thought let's look for the simplest solutions, the quickest solutions, and so we we used we had a Squarespace stagekings.com.au site, very simple site, and we we looked at what was going to take to tack on an e-commerce page to that, and and so Squarespace had one. We we knew that Shopify it, it was a stronger uh, platform but this was going to be easier and quicker. So we did that and she worked on that overnight literally by watching YouTube tutorials on how to create an e-commerce site. And, and by Tuesday we had one. How do you get your first 30 orders in 24 hours? <laughs> so I, I wrote an open letter, let's call it, and, and I put it onto our social media. I didn't really know what, what else to do. So I, I wrote a letter and so w- w- what we were thinking as well is we – we need to promote the story of what we're doing here. So we didn't go out and say we're trying to sell desks, buy, you know, buy these desks off us. It was all about our story and, and I just said that we are in the events industry which has been hit really hard. Uh, we've got a lot of good people that we, we want to keep working and so we're, doing, we're trying this to see how, see how we go. It's going to keep our people working, it's going to keep our lights on and hopefully it'll get us through and... Um, and we said from the start that if we were going to do any good out of it, we wanted to give back. So we 
we we pulled uh, out of work event crew back in to help us with that, and we we said that this is what we we're going to do, and we we're going to donate ten dollars from every sale, every desk sale to Support Act, uh, who supports the events industry and live music industry. And so I put that letter on Facebook and and uh, yeah, and LinkedIn as well at that stage, and uh, within a week that had been seen by a million people and shared, I think, two and a half thousand times. And what? It just, I've never experienced anything like it and it, and it, it took it off. A million people saw that open letter on Facebook. How many followers did you have? How many friends did you have on Facebook? This is the thing, not a lot. We, we had two, maybe two and a half thousand followers on the Stage Kings page. You know, we've, I've got however many friends it is, 500 or so. We shared it. Everyone we knew shared it. It was very early too. We moved very, very quickly. So it was uh, so from the Friday before is when uh, everything had finished up. By Tuesday we were on sale, and and uh, so everyone could see a, a bit of a good news story coming. And the amount of times that it was shared and seen, it just blew our mind. And, and our traffic uh, was was huge through the site. So so you kind of there's a couple of. Luck's an interesting word. I mean, you create your own luck, I believe, but you've got Mick, employee who's a furniture hobbyist, furniture-making hobbyist. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you put this letter out on social media where all all the bosses around the world are saying to their staff, work from home. That creates an industry in itself. Office works is running out of desks. Everyone else is running out of desks. So everything's – you're tooled up to make desks. Um, so everything's falling into place here. Um, but then you kind of got to ask yourself, well, what, what is needed? And I've heard you talk previously, Jeremy, about this concept of community-led innovation. Can you tell us what that is and how it worked for ISO King? Yeah, it it came from the idea came from the the amount of feedback we got immediately from the open letter. People giving us their support and telling us that they they're here to help. And so I thought, let's ask them what they need. Everything we've done, we've said to people, what is it that you, you need? You know, what else can we do to help you at home? Everyone's at home now and trying to do things around the house. Is there any, any issues you have around the house? What problems can we help you solve? And people tell us, and, and sometimes a lot of people tell us. You know, like we, had, we had nearly 2,000 people tell us that they wanted a cat tower. So we built a cat tower. Uh, you know, we shoe racks, these puzzle boards we make now. People, people were saying uh, our backs are sore from doing puzzles because the PM had told everyone to go and do puzzles. And so everyone's leaning over tables. And so we, we made a puzzle board that was on an angle and, and helped people's backs. And we've sold thousands of those things now. And, and so everything we've built now has come from the community. It's things that people want. You were a B2B a business with Stage Kings. ISO King is very much, you'd probably argue B2C, business to consumer, yeah. although you're sort yeah. of business to... Has it been much of a shift for you to go, I mean, manufacturing-wise, no, but like just what about marketing and getting the name out there? It's It's been a massive learning curve. We, we've we never had to deal with uh, customers calling at, at any hour of any day saying, uh, you know, where's, where's my shipment? Where's this, this, this? So we, we've, we've put on some of the best people to deal with that. We've Nat, who's, who runs our customer service now is a first class Qantas steward. So she, she looks after generally first class people on Qantas planes. And wow. Her customer genius. service knowledge would be amazing. Never seen anyone better. 
to tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. I, I love that. I love what you particularly good at. Well, so to, to start with, we looked at, like I mentioned, pulling in out of work event crew. So we, we put calls out whenever we needed to ramp up, which happened very quickly, uh, to, to out of work event crew. Then we saw airlines uh, were, were falling as well and, and we had some friends in the airlines and, and we first class customer service, well, is that first class? And so, so, we, so we got Nat on to do that and so she answers phones and the amount of feedback we get just on the way that Nat deals with people is amazing. We get so much positive feedback and reviews, five-star reviews from everyone saying the customer service at Stage Kings is second to none and that's because of Nat and the guys behind the scenes. I, I suppose too, given that you are new to this, it's a completely new brand and it is you are selling to consumers and it is online. So there's a whole lot of little trust points along the way that you need to ensure um, people are feeling comfortable about buying from a new business online and someone like Nat would be gold if they can if they know that they can ring up and then sp- and not only speak to a human, speak to a human locally and one that is actually just all over great customer service. That's such a win. So are you going to be able to afford Nat's million dollar annual salary going forward? Or uh... <laughs> We need to see what happens with Qantas. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. She might be back flying uh, sooner, yeah, than you, <laughs> sooner than you hope. What are your top three sellers, Jeremy? The desks have have been huge. Uh, the puzzle boards are, are right up there. And uh, the next one is probably Christmas trees, which we only launched two weeks ago. And again, that's from the community. People said, ah, we, we, can you guys design a Christmas tree? And so we've, we've done that. We've made a flat pack Christmas tree. But I, I posted a video the other day of it going together in a minute. Uh, and it's 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 mixed done a brilliant job of that, and so we've done, we've got a Christmas tree there, and now a, a bigger one and a smaller one, uh, and that's that's very quickly becoming one of our best sellers. Well, what's the idea behind behind flat pack as a value proposition versus just shipping furniture? We didn't want it's it's flat pack, and it also needs no tools. So we for us to make everything flat packed was is just firstly it's just the easiest way for us to get it out of the out of the workshop. But then we didn't want to have any tools because. We all know what happens when when everyone sits around putting an IKEA piece <laughs> together. It's uh, we, we 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 want to protect marriages as well. I hear you. I think about that stuff. I think if if Sarah, my girlfriend, says, uh, you know, let's go to IKEA, I'm like, I, I just feel sick. <laughs> I, I might even vomit in my mouth because I know that I'm going to be the one who has to set it up. But you know, like, let's not do that. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> I don't know whether you realise, and maybe it's just part of your DNA, Jeremy, but simplicity is a lovely part of the ISO King brand. Flat pack furniture, easy to assemble, no tools, $9.95 shipping Australia-wide. Um, the website itself, visually appealing, very simple. You're making it very, very easy for people to give you money. Do you know that? We, look, we've learned a lot along the way. It didn't start off like that. We, we, we did, we've left a lot on the table along the way and, and that's because I wanted to move so quickly. We've changed the site. The site now you're looking at is, is the, the new Shopify site, which we changed uh, two months ago maybe now. Why? Well, the, the, the initial site was great for what we needed. Uh, and we, but as we kept adding pieces of furniture onto there, it just got quite messy. And, and for me, I didn't want, 
I like what I like and I hate to go on all side and get confused. I'll just get straight off. So for, for us, it was important that we, our site was very easy to navigate. People could get to where they wanted to get to very quickly. I, I've never done anything e-commerce or, or marketing. You know, I'm a scaffolder, but I, I know what I like and that's what we tried to try to do. I also don't like to be held up when I'm ordered something. I don't want it to take ages to get to me. So we, we stocked up our shelves with a week's worth of products because I wanted, and, and a lot of the guys hated me for this up front, but I wanted people to order in the morning and for it to be out the door that afternoon. And, and that's what we've done. And, and so people, you know, we, we do say there's a maximum of up to five days delivery now. And that's mostly because of the courier drivers. Mostly we get it out that day or next day. I mean, it's, and it's not easy being simple. It's actually very easy to be complicated, but to actually strip things down to its core parts, it's like um, Jeff Bezos with Amazon, you know, the whole one-click thing. I bought something on Amazon yesterday uh, and uh, by now I think it'll go to the next page. I actually bought it. You know, you get to that next page when you buy online, you think, I oh, just, it's my last chance to think whether I really should do this or not. But the next page was actually, congratulations, your delivery's on its way. <laughs> uh, fortunately, right. I did need what I bought and wasn't just you know, scooting around the internet hoping to buy something. What's been the hardest part of growing ISO King? It seems like a dream run so far, but um, is there any time when you've looked Tabitha in the eye and gone, oh, geez, hang on? No, not not really. We've thoroughly enjoyed the process. And uh, th- like I said, we've, we've made mistakes, but uh, that doesn't worry me either. Uh, you know, I think making mistakes is important and we've we've learned a lot from that and, and the reason the site now is so easy is because we made those mistakes and we've just done everything at quite a pace. You know, we're only, well, seven months now actually, seven months in and um, we, we've got some really exciting stuff happening. Um, we've, uh, I, I can say it now, we've just signed uh, some licensing deals to be able to print teams onto the desks for kids and things like that. So so that's all happening. Uh, we're just finalising a licensing deal to sell throughout Europe. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll manufacture under licence in Europe. So we're, we're really excited about it and um, the future's looking great. That's interesting. So uh, taking it overseas, have you had demand from overseas mm. and that's sort of made you go, okay, well, we need to set up over there? We've, we've had a lot of demand from overseas and I think uh, particularly Europe. So... Flying Elephant, the guys that we, I was talking to that gave us the initial seed of the idea, uh, those guys have continued on over there and, and they've got a few things, but they see a lot of potential and so they're actually going to run ISO King Europe for us. So, And how does that work? Money changes hands. Mm. You go, you boys run ISO King. How do you maintain yep. brand and quality control? We've got a, quite, a, quite an agreement getting uh, written up for that and uh, unfortunately we can't go and have a look at anything at the you moment. You can't go over, no. So it's all, all going to be done via Zoom and... Uh, Look, really just trust. We, we trust those guys. And uh, we've had a lot of calls from the States as well, but we don't know anyone there and, and that's been a bit of a tough one. But we'll, we'll keep working on that. You'll get a call after this. I have no doubt. <laughs> trust me on that one. Just with the marketing um, of ISO King, mm. B2C, two or three episodes ago, we had a very detailed episode on search engine optimization. I've had a lot of discussions on this podcast over the years about content creation. You know, business owners should have a podcast or a YouTube channel or a blog or an ebook. Are you doing all those things or is this all happening organically? 
it, everything has been organically up until uh, a couple of weeks ago when we did our first EDM. Ooh, uh, so fancy, we, fancy we, acronym, we, yeah, electronic I, direct mail. Don't ask me what it stands for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, elephant doing <laughs> magnificent. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it, I'm so we, we really are. This is new to us, and so we've been learning. And, and really, we're very lucky that we have a lot of friends that do know what they're doing. And so we're leaning on a lot of those guys. My best friend, uh, Bolo, oh, you won't mind me saying, he's e-commerce genius and, and works for one of the one of the big loan companies. And um, so he's helped uh, helped me a lot with that. And he, he actually was the initial one that said, it's about the story. You don't, don't, don't tell anyone what it's made of. No one gives a shit if it's made out of birch. They care about the story. And so that's, what, that's really what got us pushing that angle from the very start. And so, yeah, we, we've done our first EDMs and um, uh, got quite good results from that. They tell me that they're good. They tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the open rates tracking okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, and it is new, but we've learned a lot and, and we've got, to, like I say, some great people, Nat, and uh, we've got uh, uh, a couple of e-commerce people helping out now. Tell me, you, you've done the open letter. I'm interested in story. You've done the open mm. letter. That was story. You, you just explained what's happened to Stage Kings and how you're morphing in. To flavor. That's a great story to tell. How else has story shown itself in the ISO King brand, Jeremy? It's really all we, we've been about up until now, and and it's we've not wanted to go. And 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 I was actually when someone mentioned EDMs months ago to me, I said I don't I don't want to do that yet. I get EDMs, I I hit delete, you know, unfollow, and all these sort of things. So I really didn't want to go down that path. Everything's been about story. We've we, we've posted a video or we've posted something about the people. It's all about the people working for us, and we've got a, we've got event crew. It's five hundred thousand event workers out of work in in the country. We've tried to help as as many local guys as we can. We got event cleaning crews in there. We've got site managers and venue managers and and just general crew from from these festivals that have got no work. And all our story is is their story, and and they they're all all there. And we did. I don't know if you you may have seen. We did a thank you video a couple of weeks back where everyone working in the company over that day just said thank you for your support. And and it really is the support that people have been giving us is what's keeping things going. I love that. And one of the criticisms I get from some listeners of this podcast is that I don't do enough interviews with product uh, marketers. Uh, It's more service-based people. Um, And I I work hard at having more product marketers come on. One of my favourite sayings in marketing is people buy from people. And that particularly applies to service-based businesses because you actually, you know, you, you like a particular person who happens to be an accountant, so that person becomes your accountant. You don't just get them because they're an accountant, right? But you just made a point within product manufacturing and marketing that people still buy from people. You are promoting your people. You are promoting the story of each of those people. And and it, I think it can apply to both industries or both, you know, service or, or product. I think it's fantastic that you're doing that. Do you think you have a better business now pre than, than you had with Stage Kings before COVID-19 came along? It's a very different business. The turnover is not what uh, an event business was, but it's a really good business. And, and we, it's one we're going to continue moving forward as well. Even when events are back, we're going to run Stage Kings and ISO King and we, did, we need to work out the nuts and bolts of that. But we, we do want to keep it going. We, people keep coming to us with ideas. We're still reaching 250,000 people every week through social media and, and the, 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 the feedback and that, uh, that communication is still really strong. So we'll keep that going and it, it's a great business. Do you, uh, when do you think events will come back in Australia? The, the smaller events are coming back now. There, there's some smaller things 
coming up. There's a lot of television starting and movies are all running again. Uh, as far as a, a big music festival or large gathering, that's anyone's guess at this stage, particularly on the East Coast. You know, I know Perth and Adelaide, are, uh, they're, they're a long way ahead of us. But uh, that's the thing. It's still so unknown. Well, mate, it's a great story. Great story. Lo- love a good pivot at the best of times, but yours is a particularly fascinating one. If people want to check out uh, your flat-packed furniture and cat racks and skateboard racks and <laughs> Christmas wooden trees. Christmas trees, <laughs> stagekings.com.au is actually where you go. And if you go there, there's an ISO King button uh, at the top of the page. Um, any thoughts about actually just getting isoking.com.au sorted? And yeah, we're working on that as well. Yeah, yeah, we, we've actually got it got it registered. We just need to to work out the best way to to, to pull it all apart and, uh, <laughs> and and keep that. We we really wanted to keep that story. No doubt. Well, uh, thank you, Jeremy. It's it's a really inspiring story. And like we started off at the top of this interview, um, advice for those business owners who are struggling and are a little, little bit stuck and wondering what's next. Hopefully, this has opened up their mind to what's possible. Thanks, buddy, and well done. Thanks so much. Great to see you. Like I said, if you are doing it tough during these ridiculously uncertain times, I hope Jeremy provided you with just like an ounce of inspiration. As he said at the top of that interview, there's always options, okay? Like last week, we spoke to Mike Grande, music teacher who's built an entire music teaching platform. Jeremy's pivoted. I hope you can see options if you are doing it tough. Hey, Jeremy's also kindly offered a 10% discount off all ISO King office furniture. So just head over to stagekings.com.au and use the coupon code TIMBO in the shopping cart. It is stagekings.com.au. You'll see the ISO King brand in the nav bar. All right, here's my top three attention grabbers from that chat with ISO King. Jeremy Fleming. Attention grabber number one. I love how he built his first business by creating a list of A-list clients, brands he'd love to work with, and then putting his head down and chasing them down. So who can you pick up the phone to right now and have a chat with, with the possibility of getting some business, maybe a referral? Don't know. Moving your business forward in some way, shape or form. Attention grabber number two. I love how when the shit hit the fan, Jeremy asked one simple question. What skills or hobbies do our staff have that we could create a business out of? Sure enough, there's a bloke in his business who loves making furniture. Rest is history. Attention grabber number three. I love how Jeremy published that open letter on his social media channels. No hype, no sell. He just laid out his situation and as a result received a groundswell of what he calls community-led innovation. I'm putting a copy of that open letter uh, in the show notes. If you want to read it, head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 527. Well, that's what caught my attention. I would love to know what caught yours or maybe you've made a successful pivot during these COVID-infected times. I'd love to hear about it. Give me a buzz. Give the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline a buzz. More to the point on 0480-015-150. Let me know if I like what you've got to say. I might just play it on an upcoming episode. It's time to reward another motivated listener for taking some serious and swift marketing action. And today's winner is... Migration agent Nick Hansen 
of hansonimmigration.com.au. He says, hey, Tim, I've been listening to your show for the last four years since starting my business as a migration agent in Melbourne. Thank you, Nick. That's a long time and I appreciate that. The biggest thing I've learned from your show is the power of niching. Gosh, last week's Monster Prize draw winner was all about niching. Maybe there's something in this idea. He goes on to say, a lot of migration agents try to do everything for everyone, but with the ever-changing legislation, it's very hard to keep up with the changes and build efficient systems and processes. So, I have focused my business purely on helping families and gay couples, and I wouldn't have had the confidence to do this if it wasn't for your show. Oh, I'm a bit chuffed and rather embarrassed right now. The changes in the marriage laws really opened up a lot of opportunities for gay couples, and I have focused a lot of my marketing in that direction. Focusing on families has been particularly helpful during COVID with the border restrictions because partners and children of Australian citizens can get permission to enter Australia if given the right guidance. I started my business back in early 2016 as a side hustle to my corporate travel job, but escaped the cubicle almost two years ago. Well done, Nick. Just just want to say a massive thank you as your podcast has been a game changer for me. Nick Hansen, hansenimmigration.com.au. Nick, for the trouble of sending me that note, you've won a full range of Lies non-alcoholic spirits valued at well over 500 bucks. Vouchers to use for Sendal and Tradies. You get promotion on the show. Backlink in the show notes. Everyone else... I'd love to hear from you. One idea, keep it simple, keep it short, one idea that you've implemented from listening to this podcast and what impact it's had on your business. 0480-015-150. If I like what you got to say, I might play it on here. If I do, you win. Okay, so the next episode of your favourite marketing podcast, and this is your favourite marketing podcast, right? right? Is a little concerning but a must listen. As you may know, in the past few months, I've had my Facebook, Instagram, and PayPal hacked. And just this week, yeah, like in the last few days, I found over $1,000 of fraudulent charges on my MasterCard. So what's a fully hacked podcaster to do, but get Australia's leading cybersecurity expert on to find out what's going on and what our small business owners can do about it. It's scary. It's confronting. But gee, there's some learnings in that episode that we all must implement if we don't want to be hacked, basically. Hey, if you'd like to keep the conversation going, be sure to join the Small Business Big Marketing Facebook tribe where we've got over 700 business owners pushing and holding each other accountable every single day. If you've got something to tell me, call the Small Business Big Marketing hotline on 0480-015-150. Pause the podcast right now call me, leave me a message. If you're picking up what I'm putting down over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ, then you'll find 526 more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app. Please let other business owners know about the podcast, which is presented by me, Timbo Reed, and prudently pulled together by the prudent team over at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.